With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 80 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope your year is off to a good start. It's 2021. Um, It's been a crazy week of 2021. It started out, uh, as far as, you know, society is concerned, as a normal, you know, opening to the new year. Um, You know, then we had the crazy stuff going on at the Capitol yesterday. I just want to get this elephant out of the room at the beginning. I, I you know, we're we're a sports show. You know, this is a podcast that talks Knicks, talks NBA. We we have deviated from that very rarely in the past when it does impact sports. Um this impacted society. It it indirectly impacted sports, I would argue, but it's still worth mentioning. You know, I hope everybody that was hurt injured and the few that were killed uh in the in the just terrible acts that happened in and around the capitol in in washington dc yesterday from the day of recording so it was uh technically wednesday and i record the day before the podcast is due on the friday for you guys to listen to um i i did those people deserve our thoughts and prayers at the moment the ones that were attacked the ones that were killed and the ones that were hurt not the ones that did the violence and attacking yesterday i want to make that very very clear um those people you know don't know what it what it really means to be an american in my opinion that's all i will say on the matter again we're not going to talk too much more about it because you know uh again it's so it's so important so if you want to go find out more about what's going on with that and, and and things of that nature i recommend other shows other podcasts but because it impacted all of us yesterday i did want to say something very quickly about it um at the beginning of the show worst transition ever because i'm in a great mood I, i'm in a great mood sports wise today because the knicks what a week i it didn't start out great uh, i remember <laughs> remember getting ready to post uh last week's show on new year's day and you know i I went through everything that you know i was going to talk about and i told you last week wasn't going to get a chance to talk about the raptors game on the show uh last week thank god i didn't um that was a really rough game and and i I, we'll talk about it briefly we'll talk about the, the great week i mean because since then it's been unbelievably good from the Knicks. I mean, no question about it. It, it was just that one game that be, quickly became an outlier, not only for the week but for the season uh, so far. It was really the one of the few games where the Knicks just did not play well at all. I think the other game maybe you could throw into that mix was the Philly game, but again, it really was only one bad quarter in that game throughout the Toronto game. And again, to be fair, they were playing a desperate Toronto team that had not won a game yet this season 
But the Knicks could not hit a three to save their lives in this game. I think it was an NBA record, 33 misses from three-point range. I'd have to double-check that stat. But multiple guys um, had at least four three-pointers and didn't make a three. Uh, Reggie Bullock went 0 for 9 from deep. RJ Barrett went 0 for 8 from deep. He's had a couple games like that this season. The only threes came from the bench. Uh, the, the starters combined, combined, the starters went 0 for 23 from deep. Kevin Knox hit a pair and then one three-pointer from Austin Rivers. Three for 36. Um, I thought the Knicks would lose by more. They only lost by 17. And again, that's not a great margin of, you know, no, no, no margin of a loss is great, but I thought it'd be worse than that considering that margin from deep where you just don't see any NBA team shoot that badly from three. So my, my initial thought was, oh, all the good work was undone. You know, the Knicks had just gotten off to a solid start. They had a good performance in, against Milwaukee. They had a solid performance in Cleveland. And I remember thinking, man, if they can beat the Raptors and kind of bury them a little bit, this would be a fantastic start to the season for the Knicks. But the next three games totally made up for all of that. And the first eight games have been, I think we couldn't have asked for much more as Knicks fans, what we've seen over the last three games. I mean, I've just been, I've been texting people, calling people. Uh, We've been excited about it the last couple of days. Friends of mine who are Knicks fans, people I know who are hoping the Knicks do well this season. It's, it's been, oh my goodness, so much fun just to be positive about the Knicks after this 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 stretch, this week stretch where the Knicks have been great. I mean, I know, you, you know, it's, my, my initial thought was, you know, you know, calm down a little bit, you know, eight games in, but the way they're playing defensively and the way that they are making it so much diffi- more difficult on opposing teams than they have maybe in almost a decade defensively even when they were good that that year under Mike Woodson in 2012-2013 I don't remember the defense being this good it's 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 a def, it's a defense that can grind you down it, it I mean just so consistent over the last week and again you throw the Toronto game out the you know five of the last six games the Knicks defensively have been have been really good have been really 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 good the, the Indiana game was a game I thought the Knicks would lose. I, I went into that game thinking, oh, you know, the Toronto game has really kind of chopped up the momentum. This was, the, think about last year's Knicks team or the year four's Knicks team, the last two years of the Knicks. And I'm, I'm only saying that because you can go long, you can go further back than that. But I'm saying that because that's the time I've been doing this podcast over the last, you know, a year and a half, the last two seasons. Going, coming up on two years now doing this show something like that so I, I i remember thinking you know just since i've been doing the show i i don't remember a knicks team a knicks team recovering from a loss like they took in toronto but the knicks did it they did this knicks team recovered and they went to indiana and just absolutely grinded in that in that second half i mean the first half the knicks played well and they kept it tight it was really close at the break with with the pacers you know 
having a little bit of momentum going in to halftime, but the Knicks, I mean, it was, it was, it, it just felt like the Knicks were never going to go away in that game. It, it never felt to me like the Knicks had waved the white flag in that game ever. They kept on staying with it. And I was just thoroughly impressed with the way they went on the road against a playoff team in the East and just grinded out a victory after, again, you know, they they didn't have, they they had some momentum going in to half, but it felt like the Pacers were going to probably go on and and make something happen. You know, the, the Pacers took the lead late in the first half, got a little bit of momentum going into the locker room, and, and my thought was, all right, you know, the Pacers, you know, again, at home are likely going to pull away. But the Knicks came out and they were strong in the second half. Right off the bat, they built a little bit of a lead. And then it was it was back and forth for a while. In that third quarter, the Knicks held us, you know, a slight lead. And then Pacers get a big three at the end of the quarter, I think from Justin Holiday to tie the game. And I'm thinking, oh God. Yeah, here we go again. Can the Knicks keep this going? And I'll tell you what, in this game in particular, I felt like every time the Knicks needed a bucket, you know, when the Pacers were kind of going on a run and somebody had to step up, you know, someone was there. It wasn't anyone in particular, but Austin Rivers made a couple of big shots. You know, Emmanuel quickly hit a couple of big ones. And then late in the game, couple big shots, the big dunk by Julius Randle, a big jumper from Austin Rivers, and then big free throws to kind of put it away from R.J. Barrett. So the Knicks thoroughly deserved that win over the Indiana Pacers. They really did. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this, this, who is this Knicks team? Would never have thought that they were going to go to Indiana after the way they played in Toronto and win. Did never would have thought it. Not only did they respond, they got a win. Very impressive. So then going into the next game against Atlanta, I remember thinking, all right, you know, maybe this is where they lay an egg here. They're on the road again. A, a, A Hawks team highly touted coming into this season, in my opinion, at least. And, by, by some other prognosticators out there. Could be a very good team in the East this year. And the Knicks had a strong first quarter. You know, the Hawks kind of punched them a little bit in the mouth in the second quarter at times. They, they you know, kind of wiped out the Knicks' early lead and then built a little bit of a lead of their own. Had a five-point lead at the break, if memory serves. It was four or five points. Not insurmountable. But the Knicks made their move in the fourth. I I mean, that fourth quarter of the Hawks game was just phenomenal. Enjoyed every minute of that fourth quarter. I really did. And again, you know, Emmanuel quickly. Huge in the fourth quarter. Goodness gracious. Was massive in the fourth. Barrett hit some big shots in the fourth as well. And, and then when it really mattered in crunch time, big free throws from Emmanuel quickly that were crucial. And then Austin Rivers makes a huge three with about a minute and a half to go, something like that. 
And then the biggest play of the game, in my opinion, probably is the Julius Randle tip-in with about 45 seconds left to kind of put the game away almost. And then the Knicks put it away and win it 113-108. And I remember everybody, and, and I'm not just saying this, but it was on my birthday. It was a birthday win for the New York Knicks over the Atlanta Hawks. And I had a few people text me going, how about that? A win on your birthday for the Knicks. And I was just thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Loved the way they closed that game out in the fourth. Outscored Atlanta by nine in the fourth. And again, impressive back-to-back road wins. You know, Trey Young got his in the game. You know, the starters for Atlanta did damage. But the Knicks defense held the bench in check while getting 16 huge points off the bench from Emmanuel quickly. Big late contributions from Austin Rivers. We'll get to him in a second. And then Julius Randle, almost a triple-double again. 28, 17, and 9 assists. And, and honestly, there have been times where I'm shaking my head watching Julius Randle play. It, it's it's the performances from last year to an extent, but he seems to be doing more on the rebounding end. He's distributing extremely well, better than he did last year. And the defense all around is making it all worthwhile from this Knicks roster. And now I'm buzzing. I'm thinking, oh boy. I mean, this is this is going great. Knicks have won two in a row. They're back home. They're playing the Utah Jazz. And I actually had a little bit of confidence, dare I say it, going into this game. Thinking, hey, who knows? We can make it three in a row. I know Utah's coming in. They're a good team. Maybe this could be a chance for us to go on a little bit of a run, a little bit of a spurt. And normally in past years, we would have been wrong. The Knicks would have lost. It would have been a tight game maybe. And they lose a tough one at the end and we're back to where we started. Not this time. The Knicks won again. Three in a row. And and honestly... The most impressive part of the win was how quiet Donovan Mitchell was. Donovan Mitchell, again, for the plus-minus crew out there, worst plus-minus on the floor for either side. Donovan Mitchell really struggled in this game. 2 of 10 from 3, 8 for 23 for 18 points. You know, Rudy Gobert... Had his normal double-double, but didn't get a ton of touches. Limiting him was crucial. And and Utah relied heavily on the bench. Joe Ingles had to really chip in quite a bit. And Jordan Clarkson actually led all scores for Utah. So (laughs) that's a good recipe for beating a team like Utah in the NBA. The defense for the Knicks stepped up. No other way around it. They stepped up in this game again. And I've got to tell you, Julius Randle was phenomenal again in this game. Was a monster. One of his, honestly, I, I and I didn't think too hard about this, so correct me if I'm wrong. 
this was probably his 30, 16, and 7. And the way he shot from the line, I know he struggled from 3. That was one of his best performances as a Nick, I felt, in the win over Utah. I thought he was that good. We got fantastic, fantastic play from Alfred Payton as well. 22 8 assists and only one turnover. I honestly forgot when that turnover was. I was telling a buddy of mine, did he even have the one turn? I don't even remember where when it happened in the game. I don't even remember when it happened. I mean, I I don't remember him making a mistake all night. Alfred Payton was fantastic. You know, and on a night where RJ Barrett struggled from the field. You know, Kevin Knox, who, who's who's been up and down again at the start of this season, gave you a little bit off the bench. So who was going to be that spark plug? He got a decent performance from Mitchell Robinson, who was great defensively, again, and almost got a double-double. But who was going to be the man? Who was going to be the guy late on, right? When you need a basket. When you need to make a big-time play. Who is it going to be? And it's a man who I wasn't sure, you know, what his role was going to be on this team. But boy, let me tell you, Austin Rivers. I Take a bow. What a performance he had in this game. Off the bench, 23 points. 5 of 7 from deep. And every time the Knicks needed a bucket, it felt like in the fourth quarter, he delivered. I mean, crunch time was Rivers time. The last five minutes, he made a crap ton of huge shots for the Knicks. Hit a couple of massive threes in the fourth. And then, this, I mean, the step back with 40-something seconds, holy smokes. I mean, if the garden was was full, they w- it would have blown the roof off the place. Austin Rivers took over in the fourth, and it was one of my favorite performances in almost four years of Knicks basketball. I, I And again, uh, multiple people tweeted this out. Everyone was excited about the win, rightfully so. But it was what I and it's what I just said, but it's worth mentioning again. God, imagine if the garden was full. I mean, the place would be rocking. What a fourth quarter. To be fair, what a second half from the Knicks. I mean, the overall, right? Because of the recovery that was needed. And I, and again, I I was so hyped about the fourth, I forgot about the first couple of quarters. But I just remember looking back at the stats, and I'm looking again at them now. The first half, I mean, again, the Knicks hung around, but Utah was in control at the half. I mean, they were, you know, you would expect, in, I mean, if this was, again, if this was last year, the Knicks are not coming back, right? I mean, they're just not. I think the Knicks were down by 13 at the half, 12 or 13 at the half, something like that. And and then that third quarter, it changed the game, and then the Knicks put Utah away in the fourth. They did. They put away a Western Conference playoff team in the fourth on their home court. They put them away. Put them away. And that dagger jumper from Austin Rivers, I mean, I was I was I was going nuts. 
It was incredible. I mean, Obi Toppin's reaction. I I mean, I, that was just a ton of fun. Everyone's texting me. Everyone. I mean, can you believe what you're watching? And I'm thinking, yeah, this is incredible. This is incredible. And and the Knicks are five and three through the first eight games. And frankly, I don't want to hear it from fans out there saying, you know, well, here you go. You're getting your hopes up again. Listen, it's eight games. I get it. I said it to myself. I, didn't I, say, I think I just said it earlier on the pocket. I had the conversation with myself. It's early. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. We got to enjoy some of this. I mean, this has been great basketball from the New York Knicks. This is the kind of basketball that we were expecting under Tom Thibodeau. Maybe not this early, <laughs> but we were expecting some of this. With Tom Thibodeau as the head coach, you're expecting this to a certain extent. Now, again, we didn't know what it would result to as far as victories. I think that was probably a big debate that was being had. We mentioned it on the show. What was it going to mean as far as Nick wins, right? Well, so far, look at who the Knicks have beaten, right? I mean, that's kind of the, well, if you're not convinced, I mean, just look at who they've beaten, The Knicks have beaten Milwaukee, Indiana on the road, Atlanta on the road, Utah at home. And then they also go on the road and they beat Cleveland as well, who's, you know, not to be trifled with, at least early on. Four and four, they're hanging tough right now, although they're on a little bit of a slide at the moment. But the Knicks have beaten the two best teams in that central division, Indiana and Milwaukee. They beat Utah and they went to Atlanta and beat them too. And dare I say it, the Knicks play again when this podcast goes out on the Friday. A game against OKC at home, I expect the Knicks to win. And I can't remember the last time I said that about a Knick game. I could see the Knicks going in there again and making it four in a row. OKC's a little inconsistent right now. They're four and three. But I got to tell you, I, I think the Knicks beat them. And I actually have some confidence about it. And that's that's the most fun thing about the start of this season. There's some confidence about this team again. I mean, what Julius Randle has brought to the table, the the role players like Austin Rivers, the rookie in Emmanuel Quickly. I know one of the tough things, we we haven't seen a ton from OB Toppin, you, you know, since the beginning of the season. And he's going to be out again with a calf injury on Friday, not going to play again against the Thunder. So I'm hoping, you know, again, we've seen some good things from Obi, but hoping for, a you know, a longer stretch when he gets back from this calf injury, which is, I believe, a calf strain. So, you know, again, when he gets brought back into the fold, it's going to be even more exciting. So I'm really, I'm happy right now. I really am with the Knicks start to this season. How can you not be? How can you not be excited? Let's take a break here. More on the Knicks' good start to the season. Get to some news, maybe some NBA stuff as well, looking at the league in a little bit of a larger view 
after this on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, we're diving right back in. I mean, I again, this is this is one of the happiest shows I think I can remember having doing this this podcast. And again, you know, we've had plenty of reasons to have a, you know, a show that's, you know, filled with some negativity about the Knicks. No question about that. And when I, when I, I remember when I took this job, I, I expected that, you know, you have to, right? And, you know, that that's bred, you know, negativity in the comments, you know, people arguing with each other, arguing with me, you know, not liking the show, it's too negative, you know, we, we you know, you don't, you're not positive enough about the Knicks, or you don't like the Knicks, you know, you're down on the Knicks, um, you know, and they don't like the show because of it. It's, it's, it's the comments I get at times doing this show. And, and it, to be fair, it's par for the course, right? When you do a show in sports, you're going to get negative comments. Some of my favorite shows that I, that I listen to week in and week out in the sports world, they get ripped apart. It's always going to happen. People are not going to like the show. People are not going to like me, right? They're not going to like the host. They're not going to like the Knicks. And they rip me apart. I think there's, people have told me there's people that work for our site that have ripped me. It happens. It's normal. It's part of the gig. But on days like today, and we there haven't been many of them as a Knicks fan. I mean, I, this is, I, I've, I hadn't looked more forward to a show. Since I've started doing this. 80 shows now. We've been doing this. And you guys have been listening week in and week out. I give you guys a ton of credit. I can't remember being this happy. About where the Knicks are. Going into a show. And it's again. There are 8 games and I get it. There's a long way to go. But I was just thinking about this. When I was texting a buddy of mine earlier today. I just kept telling him, like, I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy with the way the Knicks are playing. How can you not be? I'm all aboard the Tibbs train. And I remember thinking during the coaching process with Tibbs, you know, he's by far the best choice, at least in my opinion, by far the best choice. But again, what's it going to mean? What's it going to, what are the Knicks going to look like under Tom Thibodeau? That was always the big question. And some were some were even going as far as saying, well, it doesn't matter because James Dolan is the he- is the owner. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. It matters. It does matter. Because again, there can be incompetence and, 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 and just poor decisions that are made. Trust me, the Knicks would know. But when you make the right choice you still get the positivity. You still, If you've got the right man, you can afford to have a bad owner. And I remember mentioning the, the Rangers comparison. Well, if, if, Jim, if Jim Dolan's so bad, why are the Rangers good? It's because they hire the right people. And, and Jim Dolan's made a, a, more mistakes than anyone of us may ever make in our entire lifetime as the owner of the Knicks. They have made the right choice hiring Tom Thibodeau it's it's night and day between last year and this year defensively night and day 
They look like a playoff team. I I, I, I can't believe I'm even, I'm even saying that eight games in. They look like a team that is going to compete for the playoffs. They do. Now, to be fair, that, that proof needs to continue to be shown. It's eight games, you know? But this is this stretch of even you look at the eight games as a whole. Knicks are five and three. Probably besides the Toronto game when they just couldn't make any shots from deep. The Knicks have been in every game. They've held their own in every game. And and in the two other losses besides the Toronto loss, it's just been one quarter that's been their undoing. They've been in those games. And the Knicks defensively has been the key it really I mean it's again Tom Thibodeau has worked wonders with this roster eight games in and again opportunity knocks for the Knicks coming up it really does the month of January is going to provide the Knicks with some opportunities here OKC on the schedule Charlotte on the schedule Cleveland Orlando, Golden State, Sacramento, Cleveland again. You know, again, Denver's coming to town. Brooklyn will be in in the garden. Boston as well. You'll get some challenges. There's a tough four-game West road swing to end the month. Golden State, Sacramento, Portland, Utah. And then they finish off with Cleveland and the Clippers to end the month. So this could be a telling month for the Knicks. It could. But I I could see the Knicks really getting a lot of impressive wins this month as well and kind of planting the flag down and saying, yeah, we're we're ready for the fight. We're up for it. I I just love how the Knicks have come out to start this season. It's It's been awesome. It's been awesome. And then it's, you know, it's, it's, dare I say it, new year, new Knicks, 2021. And, and it's Tom Thibodeau. It's Tom Thibodeau. Again, the players are doing their job. You know, they've brought in some good pieces. You know, I, I really think the Austin Rivers edition is, it's already paying off a little bit, but long-term rest of the season Austin Rivers could be doing some things for the Knicks. Could be a real spark for this team when they need buckets late in games. Because again, he's a pro. He's been around the block. He's been on good teams where he's needed to perform. That was the... Remember, we were going through the pros and cons when, when Rivers came in. That was the biggest pro was his playoff experience on on really good teams specifically in the west where it's tough man you're playing the best of the best in the playoffs and austin rivers was a part of some really good teams in la with the clippers and a part of some good teams in houston so he's he's been there and done that i I, i'm really excited and again I feel like I haven't mentioned him enough. Emmanuel, quickly. Pun intended. Look how quickly this guy's adjusted to the NBA. Been great. I love the way he's played. And that trade to get him is looking better and better by the day. 
It really is. I remember people, people, a few people in the comments, I think, most of the time these days I'm getting my, my thoughts from you guys on Twitter, I guess. But for, for the comments, people, I, I, people have been telling me, hey, go read the comments. You're getting ripped. But there's also people that say, go read the comments. Someone said something interesting. And one person was saying, well, what if the Knicks didn't make that trade? I was like, don't worry about that. They made the trade and they got quickly and he's great. And he's only going to get better. And and one thing a buddy of mine were talking, buddy of mine and I were talking about earlier in the day before I started recording the podcast, when Obi Toppin starts getting good, this team could be dangerous. Seriously, this team could be real a tough out for the rest of this season if Obi Toppin is is making the strides we expect him to make as a rookie in the NBA. This could be a really fun Knicks team as this season continues on. I mean, th- this is the kind of stuff we were dreaming about after the draft. This is the kind of stuff that we were hoping for under coach Tom Thibodeau and weren't sure when we were going to get it. Well, we're already getting some of it at the beginning of this season. And it's just so much fun. And guys, one of my favorite parts of the last week has just been reading everybody's thoughts on Twitter. I know Twitter's a cesspool, right? But boy, Nick's Twitter's fun when the Knicks are winning. Let me tell you something right now. Oh my goodness. Just fantastic. I wish I'd put together a compilation of my favorite tweets to read to you guys. Maybe I'll do that next week if the Knicks keep winning. Maybe that'll be a segment on the show. My favorite Nick's Twitter tweets. That's a terrible name. But you know what I'm saying. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff right now. And, and, and I mentioned him earlier. Worth mentioning again. And, I, and I've ripped him. I really, I've ripped this guy. But Julius Randle is a beast. And, and his hard work has finally been paid off. I was ripping him at the end of last season. Because again... While the Knicks had, you know, a couple of very short, good stretches last season, with, where, and by short I mean like two games, and Julius Randle played well in some of those games. You know, he he's, he's always put up good numbers. He's taken it to another level. He's getting almost triple doubles a night, a night. He's been phenomenal. He really has been. And and. Even when R.J. Barrett is struggling or when, you know, Randall has a tough night, other guys are there to step up. They are. Alfred Payton's had some big nights. We've seen contributions from the bench from Alec Burks and Austin Rivers in the early parts of this season. It, it's it's great to see. It really is. Now, now, again, one of the other things worth mentioning is, well, I just, and I just mentioned him, so I might as well complete the thought here, Alec Burks is out for a week as well. So when he gets back, the bench gets even better for the Knicks too. I mean, it's just, it's going to be really exciting when Obi Toppin comes back and then Alec Burks comes back. Because then the Knicks, again, could take it to another level. Could be even better than they are right now. So I'm really impressed. Really impressed with the way the Knicks have played at the start of this season. If you had told me 
back in November that the Knicks, through the first eight games of the season, and, and again, we knew what the schedule was, I think, at that point, that they'd be 5-3. and three. I would have cursed you out of the room. Get the F out of here. No way. But it's again, not only are they five and three, but who they've beaten. That's been the most impressive. All five of the wins are quality wins. You know, we're not looking through the schedule finding Cleveland and Chicago and Detroit hoping for wins. The Knicks have four of the five wins have been against presumed playoff teams. Three of the five against perennial playoff teams. It's been really impressive. And again, you can you can rip me apart all you want. I'm overanalyzing it. I'm too excited. You know, every you know, you guys will go the other way now. You're getting too hyped up about it. I I I have every right to be excited. Come on. Every right. Just like Nick fans out there have every right to be excited. This is great. And it's coming earlier than we anticipated. When's the last time we thought that in a positive way about the Knicks? Goodness gracious. So, so excited. I mean, my gosh. I've just, you know, and oh my God, I'm almost out of time on the show. That's how I'm lost track of time. That's how excited I've been on the show this week. But before I leave, did want to mention a couple Eh, maybe one or two pieces of news before we adjourn for the week. Didn't expect to see this news. I guess it was a possibility, right? With, you know, the connection here. But it looks like, and I, and I this must be done by the time I, I, I you guys get this and, and I've been recording the podcast, the, the Knicks are going to re-sign Taj Gibson. That connection between him and Tibbs comes through and and Tom Thibodeau is going to re-sign Taj Gibson after the Knicks had waived him. So, and again, the Knicks waived uh, Omari Spellman, who we haven't seen this season, the former Villanova Wildcat, former national champion in college at Villanova. So 35-year-old Taj Gibson's coming into the fold and... Again, the Knicks are looking for a little bit more front court veteran help. Probably because, you know, Omari Spellman's not ready or not not where the Knicks want him to be. So they're looking for a little bit more help there. And again, we, 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 we've we been debating, you know, the Knicks have so many front court players. Bobby Portis, I think, even came out after a game. And, and uh, you know, he played well against the Knicks and said that, you know, too many front court guys, that's why I didn't play well with the Knicks. He responded to you know, a a Knicks fan on Twitter saying that. But my hope here is that Taj Gibson could bring more energy, you know, maybe, maybe be more motivated to play for his former head coach when they were together in Chicago during those really good years where Derek Rose was superhuman at times in Chicago. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how this one works out, but who knows, could get could get a better Taj Gibson this time around than we got last season where he was, frankly, you know, didn't look like an NBA player out there at times. Looked washed up for the Knicks last season. I didn't like saying that a whole lot, but 
Yeah, because there were times where he'd be contributing, but most of the time, you know, he didn't look like he was he could he could hang on the floor last season. That's why I thought the Knicks were going to move on from him, and turns out they're going to bring him back again. He's not going to be a big part of the team, but it, having some of that depth, and to be fair, for a guy that might not play that much, to have leadership in the locker room can't hurt. And Tom Th- Tom Thibodeau is going to know how to press buttons with him. Either if he plays or, or, you know, sending messages that need to be sent if it even gets to that in the locker room to motivate guys, keep guys going in the right direction. You'll continue to be professionals. You'll continue to build the culture that Tom Thibodeau has been building at the start of this NBA season. So it's, you know, again, there's positives to take from that as well moving forward for the Knicks. And just positives in general. I mean, what a start. What a start to the season. That's like that's where I'm going to leave you guys. Why why continue? It's just been a fun podcast talking about how good the Knicks are. And I don't think I've had one of those yet. And it's great to have one this early in the season. Guys, thank you guys as always for listening to the show. You guys listened throughout the holidays on Christmas Day when the podcast came out. On New Year's Day when the podcast came out. You guys kept on listening. The numbers didn't drop at all i was shocked because i'm thinking you guys you know you guys have you know it's the holidays right you want to be eating some food you want to be drinking some eggnog or whatever you want to do and spend some time with your family and friends but you took time out of your important days uh, out of your holidays whatever holidays you spend with your family to spend some time with me and that means a lot i really appreciate that and all the messages of support, the messages of holiday wishes, even a couple of you on Twitter sending me messages for my birthday. I, I really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. You guys are the best. I really, the, the loyal listeners of this show are awesome. I really appreciate you guys week in and week out tuning in and listening to the show. And I'm happy that we got some more positive content to give to you guys. Long may it continue. Hopefully the Knicks can keep this up moving forward. You guys will be ready to uh, dive into the OKC game, and we'll be talking about that and more next week on the show. In the meantime, let me know what you guys think about the Knicks uh, now and moving forward. You can hit me up on Twitter at SSaintJ7, or as always in the comments below on postingandtoasting.com. Keep them coming. Keep the Knicks going in the right direction. I love what we're seeing right now from the Knickerbockers. Until next week. I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Have a good week, everybody.